Is the billion-dollar whale about to be taken down? Harpooned? Ooh, I hope so. We'll tell you about that coming up. Climate change has gone off the deep end. They were always off the deep end, now completely over. And AOC is back, and as stupid as ever, welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. We're live on Rumble.com across the planet, and uh, thank you so much for those of you who have uh, joined us. And don't forget, by the way, if you're popping in here, right over there is a follow button. Just hit that button. It says follow. It's free for you. It helps the show out a lot. We really appreciate it. We got lots going on tonight. And uh, before we get started, we want to wish all of our uh, Muslim friends uh, here in Malaysia and around the world a Salama Hari Raya. Uh, it is uh, tomorrow will be the first day of Hari Raya. The month of Ramadan is over. Fasting is completed. And uh, yeah, so all that. Now, to that end, and because of that, a couple of things are happening. There are fireworks everywhere. My neighborhood is lit up like a Christmas tree. I know. Bad analogy, but you know. And this studio is not proof, soundproof enough for close fireworks. So you're going to hear some. So it's fine. Just get into the celebration and enjoy yourself. Hey, protect your online activity with the best and the easiest uh, VPN. That's NordVPN. You use our special link in the show notes down below, and you will get an incredible deal. Three months at 59% off when you sign up through our link in our show notes with NordVPN. All right. She is right beside me because of the fireworks, so let's get you updated right now on our favorite furry little friend. That would be Miko. And, of course, the Miko update. This is her helping out with the mopping. Where'd you go? Oh, there she is. Okay. She really is. She's right here. I don't want to pick her up because then she'll she'll never want to get down. But she's in the studio with me tonight because... Yeah, hear that? Because of that. Because of the fireworks. She hates them. And so we just have to give her a little extra loving. And besides... She helps out with the mopping. So, you know, hey, there's a nice trade-off there. Uh, <laughs> she's, yeah. Anyway, that's that's her uh, earlier where we were mopping. And uh, she used to fight with the mop. She used to bite it. Now, uh, she doesn't. I don't know why, but she's completely given up on the mop. So that's good news. All right. Anyway, our uh, Miko update is brought to you by the good folks at BarkBox.com slash Miko. BarkBox is a monthly subscription service for your dog. You'll get a box every month themed for that month, a new one and a new theme every month. It's got two toys, two bags of treats, and a dog chew inside. If you sign up for a multi-month subscription using our link, BarkBox.com slash Miko, you'll get an extra month free. And... Uh, yeah, it's a good deal. And if you like, in our show notes, it's going to end next week. It's only for the month of April. There's an extra link there. If you choose, pick that link, and you'll get a double box for your first order. Four toys, four bags of chews, uh, four bags of treats, and two chews. A double box for your first, first order if you want instead of the free month. So check it out. The link's in our uh, description and our show notes down below. And uh, yeah, BarkBox.com. Thank you much for... Uh, for helping to sponsor the show. 
All right. Hey, just we're not really covering this tonight, but just to keep you up to date for those of you following along at home, one of the probably more important uh, news stories that happened today, the CIA intel community pushed American disinformation by claiming that an absolutely true proven report was Russian disinformation. Uh, It committed election interference while claiming to protect Americans from election interference. It censored Americans who were saying that the elections uh, in 2020 were rigged while they were rigging the 2020 election. Just so you know, now you're up to date. That's exactly everything you need to know about what was happening with the CIA and the intel community. Very nice. Thank you for that. I'm telling you, it's a nightmare. It's an absolute mess. Uh, Okay, our first story tonight, it has to do with uh, what has been referred to as the billion-dollar whale. Uh, This is from the site Whale Hunting. Uh, This is the guy who wrote the book, Billion Dollar Whale. And uh, that is an AI representation, by the way, of Jolo. Yeah. Uh, His arrest apparently is in play. Uh, There's a little background here, if you don't know, so bear with me. This is a worldwide story, but it specifically has to do with us here in Malaysia even though it affects people around the world. Uh, Back in January, Bradley Hope, who is one of the uh, authors of the book, The Billion Dollar Whale, um, the arrival of a new prime minister here in Malaysia and China's interest in repairing its relations with a key strategic uh, country in the South China Sea, which would be us, increased the odds over a possible deal with fugitive Lo Tech Joe, also known as Jolo, the billion-dollar whale. This article is in our show notes. We heard from multiple sources, according to these guys, that such an arrangement is being hotly debated inside the Malaysian government. I don't have any inside information just because I live here. In the wake of uh, Anwar Ibrahim, the uh, prime minister's trip to China, which was just last month, and during that trip, He apparently met with some very high-level government officials as well as representatives of the CCCC, which is the China Communications Construction Company. Now, such a deal would basically involve wiping the slate clean over China's involvement with deals structured by Jolo to cover up the 1MDB fraud. Uh, China's attempts to bolster Najib Razak's political career, including cash support, uh, recalibrating Belt and Road Initiative projects in Malaysia to be economically feasible and beneficial to the Malaysian infrastructure. Yeah, just so we need more more roads. Uh, and uh, handing over the billion-dollar whale Jolo himself with all of his plundered loot, which is billions. It would be huge. Fascinating. Mark the end of a main storyline of 1MDB, which is the fact that Jolo is a fugitive from justice and has been hiding out and being protected by the Chinese Communist Party. It's founding back in 2009 to collapse amid a scandal in 2015. Uh, all the insane partying, all the incredibly ridiculous spending this idiot has done uh, all the way up until today. 
Uh, it could also mean a huge cash recovery for Malaysia. By uh, their estimates, and sources who followed the case, he still controls a multi-billion, that's billion with a B, cash hoard. He has been on the run since 2015. Wow. So, is it going to happen? Can't tell you. Don't know. Do I hope it does? Damn right I do. Get this criminal back in. Get some justice. And get our money back. There's more to this story, by the way. It just gets weirder and weirder. Check this out from uh, Today Online. A U.S. rapper says Malaysian fugitive Jolo paid... 27 million, now there's an S there, I'm assuming that means Sing dollars, for Obama photo. It wasn't a campaign donation. No, no, no. It was just for a photo of Obama. Yeah, here's 27 million dollars. There's the moron. Grammy Award winning Fuji's rapper facing criminal charges in an alleged illegal lobbying campaign. That's him arriving for his uh, opening arguments at his trial, U.S. District Court in Washington. He uh, testified on his own defense uh, Tuesday, just last Tuesday, that he received 20 million U.S. dollars from Malaysian financier Joe Lowe to help him get a photo with former President Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. That was the, it wasn't a campaign donation. Okay. Uh, Michael Foy faces criminal conspiracy, foreign lobbying, and campaign financing charges for allegedly plotting with Lowe to attempt to influence the administrations of Obama and former President Trump. He said Lowe, now a fugitive accused of embezzling 4.5 billion USD. Uh, did not direct him to make campaign donations with money for the photo. Is anybody even believing this guy? I'm hoping not, so we'll see what happens in court at the moment that case is going on. And uh, yeah, $20 million for a photo op. <laughs> they're not even trying to lie well anymore. You know what I mean? They're just, they're not. They're not even trying. It's incredible. Ay, 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 ay. All right, what else have we got? Oh, yeah, the climate change idiots are back at it again. <laughs> and this week, two things popped into the news regarding the uh, climate scam, which it is. Rice. Yeah, I know... In the U.S., rice is not exactly a staple food. It's becoming more popular. But I can also tell you that, at least here in Malaysia and most of Asia, Southeast Asia and Asia, rice is the staple food. It is eaten all the time. Billions and billions of dollars worth of rice uh, run around this place. It is insane how much rice. Well... In fact, here's the headline. Rice feeds half the world. These climate change idiots. It says they're putting it at risk. Scientists and growers 
this is from they have the balls to call themselves sciencenews.org when nothing they report about has any basis in real science. Uh, they'll need to innovate to save the staple crop. A midday summer sun in California's Sacramento Valley rice farmer Peter Rystrom walks across a dusty, barren plot of land, parched soil crunching between each step. It's a drama, drama. In a typical year, he'd be sloshing through inches of water amidst lush green rice plants. But today, the soil lies naked and baked in the 35-degree heat during a devastating drought, which has happened before and will happen again. It's nothing new, and it's not caused by climate change. I'm, you know, I put this article in our show notes. Don't bother to read it unless you want to read a whole bunch of climate change bullcrap propaganda, because that's all this is all about. And it just gets worse. Check out this video. I can't believe him. Just, just watch. What accounts for 10% of global emissions of methane? It's not belching cows or landfills, but rice. And to see if the world wants to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, the staple crop cannot be ignored. Farmer Dong Van Khan has joined a scheme to recycle straw from his fields instead of burning it. Methane is generated by bacteria that grow in flooded rice paddies and thrive if the leftover straw rots. Over time, methane traps about 80 times as much heat as carbon dioxide. So rice. Okay, I, 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 you get the point. They're going to find something new tomorrow to blame it on. And then, you know, and here is the latest in the most ridiculous, the most, you know, you have crossed a line with me when you start with this crap. Take a look at this. This is in our show notes. What's worse for the climate crisis? Your child or your pet? Mm. Your child or your pet? Reducing carbon emissions is at the top of the political agenda and concern over the future of the planet has never been higher because you've been brainwashed into believing it. World leaders and even unelected, more importantly, world leaders commit to even bigger targets on how to reduce their country's carbon footprints. Buying an electric car, increasing recycling, getting rid of the tumble dryer, hanging clothes out in the sun. But what about forgetting, foregoing, or replacing your pet? It's okay, Miko. Plug your ears. Don't listen to this crap. Limiting the amount of children you have. Boy, they will try anything, won't they? Both owning a pet 
and having a child can increase your carbon footprint in different ways. And this article has the gall to ask the question, which one is worse? A study in 2017 found having one fewer child equaled a reduction of 58 tons of CO2, which we need to keep us and the plants alive, each year of a parent's life. Emphasizing the importance of short-term decisions. I would they say having a kid is probably a fairly long-term commitment and decision. We found a big climate impact from uh, creating a new person. Oh my God, they're going after the kids, they're going after the family units, and they're going after your pets. Again, Miko, plug your ears, okay? Seriously. You want to knock off your dog or your kid? Which one? Take your pick. Why? They're just going to keep up with this brainwashing crap. I've posted articles before about how this whole climate change garbage is a complete scam. It isn't true. It isn't happening. Nothing drastic has changed when you zoom out to the 50,000 foot level and you look at the big picture. But they're not going to do that. They're going to keep feeding you this crap. And a bunch of you, apparently, are just going to keep eating it. Frightening. All right, on to something else that ticked me off today. Alex Baldwin. Did you hear this story? Well, if not, you're going to hear it now. Charges against Alex Baldwin are going to be dismissed due to startling new information. Hard to believe the news breaking at this point, given all the drama. But his attorneys are now claiming the criminal charges filed by the Santa Fe District Attorney are going to be dropped. Baldwin had been charged with involuntary manslaughter, October of 2021, in the shooting death of cinematographer uh, Halnia Hutchins on the set of the movie Rust, the director also injured in the shooting. He was standing behind Hutchins. The bullet went through Hutchins and into him, hitting him in the shoulder. The assistant director, A.D. David Halls, had handed Baldwin the gun, telling him it was a cold gun, meaning he didn't have any live rounds. Baldwin did not make sure there weren't any rounds. It has been scientifically proven it was impossible for the gun to go off without him having pulled the trigger. He denies having pulled the trigger. He then shot the two people pointing the gun towards the camera. Lawyers have said in a statement, we're pleased with the decision to dismiss the case against Alec Baldwin and we, in <clears throat> we encourage a proper investigation into the facts. Hmm. A perfect example of our two-tiered corrupt justice system. If you're a leftist, liberal, who has literally killed someone, you'll skate. If you sneezed at the Capitol on January 6th, you're probably still locked up behind bars pending trial. When is it going to be enough? When will people have 
stop, put their foot down and say, that's it. That's my red line. I am not putting up with this crap anymore. It's going to happen. When will it happen? Can't tell you. Wish I could. Uh, Some rather interesting news today on another subject having to do with uh, our business here, podcasts and television and online content. And uh, we mentioned, in fact, in our last show that I was a very big fan of the Dan Bongino show. He's a fantastic guy. Uh, And uh, we, we never miss a show. Well, he announced on this morning's podcast slash live stream here on Rumble uh, that he's out at Fox News. He says it's a sad day. Indeed, conservative host Dan Bongino parting ways with Fox News after he and the company were not able to come to terms on a new contract. Uh, Dan made it very clear this morning that it had nothing to do with any of the rumors you're going to hear or conservative this or liberal that or anything else. He said it quite simply is just that uh, him, he and Fox could not come to terms on a new contract. And that's it. So his show unfiltered on Fox Saturday nights, which was huge. I think the number one rated show in its time slot, if not on all of Fox, uh, Gone. It won't be back. And uh, I don't know what's going on with his uh, his radio show. I'm sure that's going to continue. And of course, his his podcast here on Rumble. Uh, please uh, do yourself a favor and check him out. He's a brilliant podcaster, an amazing conservative commentator. Uh, commentator. And uh, it's the Dan Bongino show. I He's not really competition because I'm just a very, very small fish in this giant pond. And he is one of the big, great white sharks of this big pond. Uh, but he's brilliant and I have no trouble recommending him whatsoever. I am a steadfast fan and I do not miss a show. It's sad news. I wish he had, um, I wish he was able to continue because his unfiltered show on Fox was absolutely brilliant so uh but it's dan bongino and trust me dan bongino will survive (laughs) he is a survivor no doubt about that all right what else we got going on here oh yeah we promised you a story about this moron you know likely i wouldn't say she is the dumbest person in congress but she's in the top three she's absolutely in the top three and, you know, I was just over the last week, I was thinking about this. Whatever happened to AOC? She's been very quiet with everything going on. You'd think she'd be poking her head out looking to get as much screen time as she possibly could, which is all she's interested in. And she has been crazy quiet lately. Well, guess what? Not anymore. This is from the Daily Wire. AOC has reintroduced the Green New Deal. Seriously. Ed Markey and AOC reintroduced the Green New Deal, a resolution which claims to solve climate change, which we all know is just a scam anyway, within the next decade by drastically reshaping the American economy. Another way of saying that is destroying the American economy. The text of this moronic resolution calls for the U.S. to meet all power demands 
through renewable and zero emission resources, for which we completely do not have the infrastructure and never will. Uh, upgrade all existing buildings in the nation to achieve maximum energy efficiency. You see how this just gets dumber and dumber. Uh, overhaul the transportation uh, uh, system, the whole system, to remove carbon emissions to the greatest possible extent. Yeah, let's see how that goes for you. So anyway, she's back. She's yakking at the mouth again. She's just you know, like, nying, 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 and we, you know, it goes in here, it goes out there, and that's it because she's an idiot. If you want, read the article. We don't need Miko again. Okay, if you want to read the article, it's in our show notes tonight. You can check it out, but I just don't want to spend any more time about talking about her because she's an idiot. She's a fool. Um, we got one more, two more to go, I think, here before we get on to our, uh, our book. We're reading White Fang. All right. You hear that? Wow. Okay. Uh, Canada has been killing people left and right. It's assisted suicide. We've talked about that. We've done a couple segments on our show about assisted suicide. Well, it's leaking its fingers into the U.S., believe it or not, in Nevada. The state Senate has passed a bill. doesn't mean it's law yet, but it's made it through the Senate that would legalize medically assisted suicide. Okay. Quiet, Biden. We don't care what you have to say because nothing you have to say matters. All right. The Nevada Senate has passed a bill. This just happened. Just today. That would legalize physician-assisted suicide via a pill. Take the pill, you're dead. According to the Nevada Senate website, Senate Bill 239 establishes provisions governing the prescribing, dispensing, and administering of medication designed to end the life of a patient. The bill narrowly passed with 11 votes in favor and 10 against. Youch. Now, I've said before I have a very Japanese attitude about suicide. I think that you're not going to agree with me, but I'm just telling you how I feel. You don't have to agree with me. That's what life on this planet's all about. We discuss, we talk. We don't always agree on everything. My attitude is very Japanese when it comes to, well, old school Japanese. If you, you decide that it's time for you to go, I think you should be allowed to do that. As long as you're not hurting anyone else. I mean, physically, of course, people are going to be sad if you're not here. But I've always held that you have a right, and suicide should absolutely not be legislated against. You can be arrested, well, for attempted suicide. Obviously, if you complete the act, you're not going to be arrested because you're dead. But I, there shouldn't be laws like that. There shouldn't be laws like that. And furthermore, as much as I think people have a right if they choose to take their own life, I don't like this idea of the state or the federal government 
getting involved in the process. Not only saying, hey, if you want to kill yourself, it's okay. But they're saying, we'll even show you how to do it. Yeah, it, it's, I, it just doesn't sit right with me. Just get rid of the laws that make suicide illegal and then stay the hell out of it. It's a personal decision. Let those people who make that decision make that decision. You know, families want to intervene. You want to do some sort of, uh, you know, intervention, get them some counseling, see what's what. But at the end of the day, someone who truly wants to take their own life, they don't talk about it. They just do it. And I don't think the state or the federal government ought to be involved on any level. This doesn't sit right with me. There's something odd here. If you want more information about it, the article is in our show notes tonight. You can check it out and uh, find out more. All right. Um, I got one more for you. And it's kind of a repeat of something I did on my last show. But it's so important. And I finally found what I was looking for. Um, so I wanted to read this to you. And this had to do with the Dalai Lama and that whole suck my tongue thing. Now, fortunately, it's gone out of the news cycle. People are not really talking about it anymore. But it did a tremendous amount of damage to the image of the Dalai Lama. And it shouldn't have because it was a cultural thing. And I tried to explain as best I could uh, what I knew about the whole cultural thing about sticking out your tongue and eat my tongue or something like that. Anyway, this is a post from Alvin Tan. It's a public post, so I'm not sharing anything out of school. And it's brilliant. It's just words on a page. So, I mean... I mean you know, it, it looks like, uh, here we go, it looks like this. So no big deal. Uh, but I want to read this to you because listen closely. And this is what I mean about the difference when you don't understand people's cultures, which are always going to be different from yours, sometimes in very big ways. Eat my tongue, the Tibetan phrase, chelasa. In Tibetan culture, it is common to see the old grandparents not only give a pop kiss to small children, but also give a small candy or a piece of food to kids from their mouths directly, from their mouth, mouth to mouth, from grandpa to the small kid. There may not, it may not be the norm for your culture where you live, but this is very commonly done in Tibetan culture. After the elder gives a pop kiss and a candy, since there's nothing left in their mouth, they will say the phrase, okay then, eat my tongue, in their language. It's roughly translated. And not suck, eat my tongue. His Holiness likely misspoke because he just doesn't have 100% command of the English language, Nevertheless, the Tibetan phrase is chetlisa. They say it as, I, I've given you all my love and the candy, so that's it. All that's left to do is eat my tongue. And it's a playful thing. Children know. It's not really done in the Lhasa region, capital of Tibet, so much. But it is more common in the 
Umdo region, where HH is from. However, it is definitely a Tibetan custom. If we're honest with ourselves, we know that when we form an opinion on any topic without considering the huge number of aspects of context in any given situation, we are choosing to keep a significant degree of ignorance in our reasoning. Don't be ignorant, okay? Don't jump to conclusions. Don't believe everything you read and hear, because sometimes there is another side of the story that explains it all. All right. Uh, we have got to move on to our book. Um, we will remind you, by the way, in our show notes tonight, you will find our merchandise store. It's there. You can find hats and hoodies and coffee mugs like this one. All kinds of cool stuff there. But there's another link, which is the coolest idea. Well, I think so. Uh, what I did was I put the Jay Sheldon show into these AI art creation places and it came up with the weirdest completely unrelated to this show uh, artwork all original stuff from ai so i put and uh, we're printing them on canvas and we're offering them for sale in a very limited edition only 10 copies will be they're signed by the way only 10 will be sold of each of the different pieces of art. And once they're sold, we're going to delete them. They'll be gone. You will own the own. These are physical art pieces you can get. You order them. You buy them. They will ship them to you, and you can hang it on your wall. They come in different sizes, quite small little ones, all the way up to like uh, two-foot poster sizes. So check them out. They are the second link in our show notes, which is our art gallery for the Jay Sheldon Show. It's, it's really kind of cool. If nothing else, go over there and check them out. I don't know if you buy one or don't, whatever. But they are cool. And uh, all created by putting the keywords Jay Sheldon Show into one of these art AI generating places. I know it's weird. But, hey, kind of cool day and age we live in. Okay, it's time for White Fang. We have been reading White Fang for quite a while now, and uh, we read books on this show. We've been doing it forever. And uh, once we get through with this, we're going to move on to 1984 by George Orwell. So let's jump in as we round out the show tonight. As he rounded the house to the porte coucher, he came upon the carriage. It had stopped, the master was alighting, and at this moment, still running at top speed, White Fang became suddenly aware of an attack from the side. It was a deer hound rushing upon him. White Fang tried to face it, but he was going too fast. The hound was too close. It struck him on the side, and such was his forward momentum and the unexpectedness of it. White Fang was hurled to the ground and rolled clear over. He came out of the tangle, a spectacle of malignancy, ears flattened back, lips writhing, nose wrinkling, his teeth clipping together as the fangs barely missed the hound's soft throat. The master was running up. It was too far away, and it was Collie that saved the hound's life. Before White Fang could spring in and deliver the fatal stroke, and just as he was in the act of springing in, Collie arrived. 
She'd been outmaneuvered and outrun to say nothing of her having been unceremoniously tumbled in the gravel, and her arrival was like that of a tornado, made up of offended dignity, justifiable wrath, and instinctive hatred for this marauder from the wild. He, she struck White Fang at right angles in the midst of his spring, and again, was knocked off his feet and rolled over. The next moment, the master arrived, and with one hand held White Fang while the father called off the dogs. I say, this is a pretty warm reception for a poor lone wolf from the Arctic, the master said, while White Fang calmed down under his caressing hand. In all his life, he's been known no once to go off his feet, here he's been rolled twice in thirty seconds. The carriage had driven away. Other strange gods had appeared from out of the house. Some of these stood respectfully at a distance, but two of them, women, perpetrated the hostile act of clutching the master around the neck. White Fang, however, was beginning to tolerate this act. No harm seemed to come of it, while the noises the gods made were certainly not threatening. These gods also made overtures to White Fang, but he warned them off with a snarl. The master did likewise with words of mouth. At such times, White Fang leaned in close against the master's legs and received reassuring pats on the head. The hound under the command, Dick, lie down, sir, had gone up the steps and lain down to one side of the porch, still growling, keeping a sullen watch on the intruder. Collie'd been taken in charge by one of the woman gods who held arms around her neck and petted and caressed her. But Collie was very much perplexed and worried, whining, restless, outraged by the permitted presence of this wolf and confident that the gods were making a mistake. All the gods started up the steps to enter the house. White Fang followed closely at the master's heel. Dick on the porch growled, and White Fang on the steps bristled and growled back. Take Collie inside. Leave the two of them to fight it out, suggested Scott's father. After that, they'll be friends. Then White Fang, to show his friendship, will have to be chief mourner at the funeral, laughed the master. The elder Scott looked incredulously, first at White Fang, then at Dick, and finally at his son. You mean... Wheaton nodded his head. I mean just that. You'd have a dead Dick inside one minute, two minutes at the furthest. He turned to White Fang. Come on, you wolf. It's you that'll have to come inside. The White Fang walked stiff-legged up the stairs and across the porch with tail rigidly erect, keeping his eyes on Dick to guard against a flank attack, and at the same time prepared for whatever fierce manifestations of the unknown that might pounce out upon him from the interior of the house. But no thing of fear pounced out. When he'd gained the inside, he scouted carefully around, looking at it, finding it not. And then he lay down with a contented grunt at his master's feet, observing all that went on, ever ready to spring to his feet 
and fight for life with the terrors he must lurk under the trap roof of the dwelling. That is chapter two in the final part of White Fang. Chapter three will be coming up on our next show, which is Monday night. It is called The God's Domain. Wow. Those are some major-ass fireworks going off out there. All right, we're going to close it out for tonight. Thanks so much for joining. Thank you for uh, following. It's a button right over here. Just give it a click. We really appreciate that. And I will see you all again on Monday. This has been the Jay Sheldon Show with fireworks in the air. Salamat. Hari Raya, everybody. Good night. Good night.